Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Trevor Francis. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got a stinking cold, which has got worse during the afternoon. He didn't bring his Vic Cyanex in. Good old Vic. Would love to have seen him. <laughs> Lovely fellow. So he has started to sound like he makes exceedingly good cakes. <laughs> oh, <dang>. um, <laughs> so he's nearly there, home stretch. Uh, this is the H&J Daily uh, Best Bits of this afternoon show. Um, Tim Vickery gave us uh, an extra helping this week because there was a bizarre story that's still ongoing from the world of South American football. We brought you that. We had a bit of a chat. You got involved. And Martin Kellner joined us. Mike Ward joined us on different telly matters. I think that'll do you. Here it all is. Seven minutes past one. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Ed. Good afternoon, Paul. And congratulations to England's Brains Trust for getting it completely wrong. Well done. Yes, it's uh, they, brilliant. They, they made it? a call. They, in case you've just joined us, it, it is uh, lunch. Uh, 108 for two at lunch, New Zealand. Uh, England won the toss and decided to have a bowl because they felt yeah. the pitch had a bit of a green tinge, and they probably thought it would do a bit, but it didn't. Did it, it didn't. And one look at the pitch after the first ball, they must have realised. And what I'm fascinated by is how Jared Kimber, an Australian journalist, admits a very knowledgeable man not yeah. great, could read the pitch better than England's coaches and captains what did Jared say then Andy he just said all the green parts of this pitch are in the wrong place and he was absolutely we took one look at the pitch and go oh he's 100% just right just under the steps of the pavilion <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no along the sides and the yeah. you know short of a length but not where you want it to be green no. if you look at the pitch it's brown where you know where it's supposed to be brown well it was a big call but look those without those couple of wickets it would look a whole lot worse yeah. but they've scored quickly haven't they, they New have. Zealand as well so. so you know they've got to get them out for under 250 really otherwise you put a team in that's that's not good really no. anyway we're going to have a chat with John Norwood we'll catch up with him a little bit later on in this hour he's, as you heard he's there at Trent Bridge for us and uh, we'll be watching it all unfold yeah, please for Gareth Batty. You, know, you won't be happy that Surrey thrash Middlesex. Yes, last I did. Night. I did see that last yeah. night. Yeah, it's often I've kind of got used to that over the years. <laughs> Most of the time, we're on the wrong end of them, despite having Owen Morgan. He's, but, done, uh, he's yeah. done well there. They're going well in that competition. Hmm. Did you see the uh, the chief of policing for the uh, the inept chief of policing for the Champions League final? Yeah, really has the look of carry on legend Charles Hawtrey. Oh, yeah. You can see why it all went wrong. I can see. Oh, hello. I mean, it would be great, wouldn't it? Carry on organising a Champions League final. Yeah, it'd be funny if it wasn't so dangerous, of course. Now, I'm not a... I, I'm, it's not aimed at me. I'm not a viewer of Love Island, but I do admire really? this programme because... Well, somebody was making the point today. I mean, I've said to you before, I mean, I just think you as a, you as a bit of a... 
out of left field. You was a bit of a curveball. I mean, literally. <laughs> I'm not but, attractive enough to be in love. No, but I mean, if they just slim you... Even with my new trimmed face. Well, I mean, look, you've, your new clippers have made a big difference. I don't know if this is your play for Love Island, but just to suddenly... They go through... You know, it's so obvious, isn't it? The same sort of muscular young blokes in kind of wander out and they're all being sized up. And there he is, Andy Jacobs. 70-year-old, really. Yeah, not quite. Not quite. Don't, don't do yourself no. down. He's, he steps out there and, yep. Mini sorry, lump. Sorry, <laughs> girls. Attractive. Sorry, girls, he's married. Um, yeah, but anyway, look, it's a thought. What I admire <laughs> about this programme is that yeah. when you look at the viewing figures, it's like the Holy Grail. The number of people between 12 and 30 who are watching this programme, it's so rare now in television. Yeah. So you need to hand it to them for that. I mean, it's not aimed at me. But I noticed that Michael Owen's daughter, she's getting a lot of publicity. Oh, yes, yeah. She's now chasing fishmonger Luca Bish. Surely Luca Fish. <laughs> you, you would think so. You'd imagine so. Bishmonger. You? Yeah, I don't know that's his name amongst his friends. It would be, wouldn't it? And Vout Veghorst. Who's oh, Vout Veghorst, yeah. He's great, not, isn't he? Not prepared to play in the championship, <laughs> he says. He should have... He should have Avoid at all costs tattooed on his forehead. Mm. So some of his pronouncements. Beautiful though from Connor Roberts. We didn't yeah, talk about this know, yesterday. You fantastic. said to him the other night, why didn't you do that for Burnley? <laughs> clearly not that popular a man in the dressing room by the sound of it, was he? No, not They really. won't be missing him. <laughs> I didn't realise, reading uh, Dave Stewart of the Arrhythmics, now Dave Stewart, I think, solo artist. Yeah. He's got a new album out. Mm. I didn't realise he was such a massive Sunderland fan. Did you know that? I, I knew he was a Sunderland fan. Oh, he was yeah. talking about it in this article this morning. So well right. done He to wanted him. to play for Sunderland, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, didn't he say that in the piece? Didn't Did he, he say my dream was to play for Sunderland? Sweet dreams are made of this. Yeah, I think, I think that's what it was about. <laughs> was it? Yeah, no, was it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> was it, yeah. And he just sing this. What rhymes with Dave Bennett? Uh, yeah, you want to rewrite the lyrics to Sweet Dreams of This and make it a bit more Sunderland, <laughs> then feel free. You've got time on your hands. We haven't. We've got to no, sit here really, yeah. for the next two and a bit hours. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH&J. Andy, are you triggered by any bits of music? Is there a, is there a piece of music that kind of that, that makes you sad, makes you happy? Uh, or, or freaks you out. Is there a piece of music not that freaks really. you out? I saw that story. Not really. No, not yeah. like that. When I was a kid, uh, when I was very young kid, yeah. the Crossroads theme used to make me burst into tears. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Charlie, it was Charlie the... Drake did it for me, singing Hello, My Darling. That used to really upset me. I can't really? tell you why. Yeah. I mean, that could have been the quality of the music, <laughs> and for Crossroads, it could have been the quality of the acting. <laughs> but, yeah, I used, to, I used to burst into tears when I was a tiny mm. You know, I say 18, 19. No, of course not. When I was a tiny little kid. This is uh, somebody who was mm. in the papers today. Uh, poor old uh, Lynette Wilshire, 48. Um, no when, relation. Whenever she, hears, <laughs> whenever she hears the Jaws theme, she bursts into tears. She even went to an aquarium the other week and there were sharks in the aquarium and a couple of kids started going... Yeah, we all do that. She started tearing up. Oh, ridiculous. So, look, if you find yourself in the (laughs) Lynette Wilshire envelope, do let us know this afternoon. What is it? Is there a piece of music that that maybe freaks you out like that? Uh, Probably our theme tune. (laughs) Just it's a cue to turn over. So, anyway, do let us know. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSH. There's Goffey on the telly. Look, he's doing a bit of half time with the boys at the test match. The other night at the uh, Yorkshire Lancashire game, 
He was hitting somebody a right serve. He was really telling them off. The camera was on him the whole time, and he was just really angry Good in a way that we never, we never saw when no. we worked here. No, I never saw him turn, Goffy, did you? No, he, he was always turned, very yeah. level-headed. And uh, where's that bit of transfer news that I had? Honestly, the worst bit of transfer news I've seen, we're all prey to these mad rumours, but mm. apparently <clears> uh, Reese James, is, uh, he's on the verge of joining either Real Madrid or Tottenham. No, he's not, is he? Let's, not let's really, be honest. No. No. Honestly, he's Chelsea's best <clears throat> player. Why That's the way to get the new go? owners on, uh, get the fans <laughs> on side with the new owners. Sell, sell one of the best right backs in the world. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I think we're contractually obliged to play his music. Um, uh, well, it's a bizarre story, which Tim has touched on, um, but it seems to be coming to a head. It involves uh, Ecuador being kicked out of uh, the World Cup, and he's uh, here, as, as we say, a, 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 an extra uh, dollop of um, our old friend Tim Vickery, South American correspondent, to explain more. Good afternoon, Tim. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Can you hear me, Major Tom? We can. Yes, yes, uh, we know you're, on the old, you're on the old tech. You're working today. You've fitted us in. We appreciate that, Tim, because we thought you were the man who explained it. You've, we've kind of hinted at this in your regular uh, weekly yeah. postcard. We knew this was on the cards, but you always think that no one's going to get booted out of the World Cup. But it is coming to a head, and it's looking pretty bad for Ecuador. Tell us why. Well, we're expecting a verdict either today or maybe Monday. Um, the protest of Chile is as follows. They are saying that Ecuador fielded an ineligible player, right back Bidon Castillo, who they argue was born in Colombia and has fiddled not only his age, but his, his, his nationality. Uh, and if the games where he played, if they are all awarded to the opponents, then the chief beneficiaries will be Chile, who finished seventh out of 10 in World Cup qualification, but would cap catapult to fourth place and they would qualify automatically. Now, uh, it may well be true that Byron Castillo was born in Colombia. It may well be true that his age was fiddled. But as Miles Davis would say, so what? <laughs> and he's lived in Ecuador his entire professional career, certainly. He is a citizen of Ecuador. He has never played for Colombia at any level. Uh, and he's, uh, that the FIFA requirement is that you have to have lived five years in a country in order to play for it. So he would seem to fulfill all of the requirements for his footballing nationality to be Ecuadorian, making this claim from Chile somewhat frivolous. But you never know what the lawyers are going to come up with. It would be a huge upheaval because we've had the draw more than two months ago. The corporate packages are being sold and so on. Uh, the, the lawyer for Chile, he said in a press conference the other day that he he doesn't think that Chile are going to win. And I hope he's right on that, because if Chile do manage to get in the World Cup by this, and they just lost 2-0 today to Tunisia after losing 2-0 to South Korea the last, uh, last week. And if they do manage to crowbar their way into the World Cup this way, when they take the field in Qatar, their faces should be more red than their shirts. <laughs> it's surprising it's got this far, really, on that basis, Tim, that we're at the stage where, you know, you're going to need this ruling and, and there is a feeling that they've got a chance, Chile. And Peru, obviously, aren't happy because they've got a play on Monday against Australia in a playoff, and they're basically saying, look, if anybody goes up, it's us who finished in the position just outside automatic qualification. Yes, but if, if the points are reallocated, then Chile would finish above Peru. Right. Um, there's, a, there's a wonderful irony here. 
which is that Chile missed out on the last World Cup because they launched a protest. <laughs> they launched a protest against Bolivia fielding an ineligible player, a Paraguayan who, who'd been three years in, in, in mm. Bolivia, uh, which was enough for Bolivian nationality, but not enough for FIFA. And their protest was successful. The problem there was that Peru won more points than Chile did. And as a result of that, Peru finished above Chile on goal difference and went to the World Cup. So if Chile hadn't protested last time, they'd have had a chance of going to Russia. They protested this time with a chance of going to Qatar. And there are some media outlets leaking that FIFA have decided to kick Ecuador out. If that happens, there is no doubt about it. It's not the end of it because this will go to the Court of Appeal for Sport, the Court of Arbitration for Sport. There, there, there are some wonderful ironies here. And the biggest being that the, uh, that the, uh, the only real emerging star of the national team of Chile was born in Stoke-on-Trent, Ben Brereton, rechristened Ben Brereton Diaz, who, when the national anthem plays, it's a big moment for Chile, and they all sing it a cappella at the end. He can't sing it. He doesn't know the words. Only he speaks Spanish. So from any moral point of view, Byron Castillo is much more Ecuadorian than Ben Brereton is Chilean. But as I say, you never know what lawyers are going to come up with. Do Chile, because they're a more established football power, do they carry more weight in that way? Is that why they're confident they might win? I don't think so. I think they're confident that they can win because they've been able to produce a lot of documents um, to the extent that this player was, in fact, born in Colombia and they say he was baptised in Colombia. So that they have proof of this. But the comeback there, as I said, is so what? You know, and, he's, he's, and Terry Butcher was born in Singapore. <laughs> no, yeah. doesn't stop him playing, playing, playing for England. And, and since Byron Castillo is an Ecuadorian citizen, no one doubts that, since he's played his entire career in Ecuador, and he's been in Ecuador for much, much longer than five years, he's been in Ecuador, as far as we can trace back, for at least 15, then there doesn't, doesn't seem to be any reason that he wouldn't, he wouldn't be eligible. So really, I think, personally... I, I, I hate all subsection three, paragraph two, and all that. I, I, I've got little time and patience for that. But I think Chile are trying one on. And I hope it doesn't succeed. Nothing against Chile, but I hope this one doesn't succeed because I think it would be uh, somewhat farcical if the team who, on the field, finish seventh in South America, become one of the four automatic qualifiers. And it could have a knock-on effect for England because they could potentially play one of the teams from that group um, in the next stage. Yeah, but unless there's a dramatic improvement from Chile, it ain't going to be them. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, uh, as I said, just beaten 2 0 by Tunisia today, 2 0 by South Korea last week. Um, that's without Alexis Sanchez and, and Arturo Vidal and so on. But this is a Chile, Chile team that aged and ran out of steam and didn't manage to qualify for Russia. Um, they're four years older now. And as I say, with the exception of Ben Brereton, no one is really coming through. On the field, there's no doubt about it. They don't deserve to be there. Tim, just very quickly as we've got you today, there's a couple of um, transfer stories involving South American players you can maybe shed a bit of light on from your end. Darwin Nunez is obviously is one of them, and Liverpool-Manchester United showing an interest. What are they saying uh, in, be in your part of the world? That he's certainly on his way. I and mean, that, that's the business model in, in Portugal, isn't it? You mm. buy him in young and cheap from South America, you fatten the calf and you sell it on for a massive profit. It's the only real business model that, that, that's available to the Portuguese. Uh, and uh, so they, were, they, they would love this deal to, to go ahead. It's very interesting if, if it's Liverpool, because you know, he is a centre-forward. 
it would mean a slight change of style or, or an, an extra option to the team. But I suppose Klopp is going to have to look back and, and say, you know, my team played three finals and didn't score a single goal. We need something else for these games. And Nunez, who, who's moving in, in all the right directions and he's mobile and talented, he, he, he would seem to be, uh, to be an interesting one. Although it's not going to be like Luis Diaz. You know, when you've got the team exactly set up for him to fit in, mm. it's going gonna, it's gonna to mean, if it's Liverpool, it's going to mean a change of style, an adaptation to, to a number nine centre-forward. Um, Gabriel Jesus as well has been linked with a, a bunch of teams, including Arsenal. Real Madrid showing an interest again. Is it what's Chelsea? Been, Chelsea, yeah, what's being said in your part of the world? Well, I, I think that the important thing with Gabriel Jesus is if if he's going to be bought, what are they buying? What mm. do they want for him? There's been a problem for Gabriel Jesus ever since the World Cup four years ago, when he played centre forward and he didn't score a goal. Now, that is a historic disgrace for, for a number nine for Brazil mm. to play a World Cup without scoring a goal. And it's, it's had a detrimental effect on his career. And as a result, he's tended to run away from the centre-forward position and he's preferred to play wide. Now, last, uh, uh, last week, he scored his first goal for Brazil for three years. Now, that's a long, long time, again, to go without a goal. It's almost 20 games that he played for Brazil without, without scoring a single goal. And it does seem that that trauma of Russia 2018 weighs heavy on his head. So if he is going to be bought, is it clear in the mind of the buying club what role they want for him? And if it is as a number nine through the middle centre forward, is he happy doing that? I think it's a key moment in his career and uh, we're going to find out in the course of this next contract, wherever it was going, it, it, it's, it's going to be, we're going to find out exactly how good he is. And while we got Richarlison, finally, again, somebody else who could well be on the move, being linked with different clubs. Uh, what's the word on him? That he will probably go as well. Although, and it, it's something that I think makes all of this transfer window a little bit difficult with some of these players. And his main priority is the World Cup. You know, so uh, I would be, if it, was, if it was my money, I would be a little bit reluctant to, to shell out um, on someone who you know. The big thing for him is happening November, December. Because uh, th- that's what he's focused on. And he says when he's training, in training, he imagines he's playing for Brazil against Argentina in a, in a World Cup game. Hmm. Well, now he's got that chance. That, that, that could happen. And that's going to be his priority for this, this, uh, this season ahead. And he, he, uh, he had a difficult time in the last season from the extraordinary decision of Everton to let him play not only the Copa America, but also the Olympics. <laughs> so Everton didn't have to do that. They did that to keep him happy, but they did that at a cost of his form and fitness, especially through the, through, through the first half of the season. And uh, international commitments would certainly be a question in this next season coming up. Good stuff, Tim. Good to talk to you. Have a good weekend. We will catch up with you next week as usual. Cheers. There we are, Tim Vickery there of all the latest on that story. We'll keep an eye on that and I'm sure uh, our guys on the sports news will bring you that as soon as it happens, whether it will be Chile or whether it will be Ecuador. But, uh, oh, I hope it's Ecuador. Yeah, it doesn't sound fair, does it? Really? No, <laughs> when, when Tim puts into a bit of context, absolutely right. It's Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You've also been telling us this afternoon that there are songs that trigger you, make you sad, um, or, or terrify you. There's uh, somebody in the papers today, Lynette Wilshire, 48. If anybody even hums the theme tune to Jaws, she bursts into tears. It freaks her out. <laughs> 
Uh, you've been telling us yours. My brother used to sing Bright Eyes from Watership Down. Uh, if I was getting on his nerves when we were little, the film has scarred me so much I instantly run away crying, says Del Boy. <laughs> Give very much for that. My wife was and still is scared by the 70s show Zed Cars theme tune. Fortunately, she's a Chelsea supporter, not, not Evan or, or Watford, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, John in Why Forest Road. Watford play it? Watford play it. They play the Zed Cars theme when they come out on Why? the pitch. I'm looking at our producer, he's a Watford fan. He's too young for that. Yeah. I burst into tears at the Lurpak advert. Uh, well, I did when I was a kid, said Christian. The one with the little Lurpak man who played the trumpet. Well, there we are. Just some of the songs that freak you out. The Doctor Who theme. I think you wouldn't be yeah. alone in that, uh, Anthony from Huntingdon. Um, so you can keep those coming. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet I tears. I burst into tears when I saw that last drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hear uh, the theme music for the cricket. Let's chat now to John Norman at Trent Bridge for TalkSport. Hi, John. Hey, guys. Hope you're well. Yeah, well, Andy's, Andy's not great. He's got a stinking I like, cold. I like I'm presenting the South Bank show. Yeah, he's, he's got... He's, John Benson's Phil. We'll be watching England uh, bowl for the next three days. It, it, I mean, yes. Uh, Stuart Broad knows this this ground, this pitch very well. It's very interesting. When making the call, John, to to say, yeah, we, you know, this is a pitch to have a bowl on first off, I mean, it is quite surprising that they, they appear to have got it so badly wrong. Yeah, look, we'll see at the end of the match, won't we? But certainly Darryl, our old mate, Goffey, uh, working for Sky today, uh, confident that whoever won the toss would bat first. I'm not sure New Zealand would have. They uh, have come into this match without a spinner. But uh, certainly, yeah, surprise, I'd say. I think England possibly wanting to put more pressure on what looked a very fragile New Zealand batting order at Lords. Um, obviously, robbed of the services of Kane Williamson. Um, and it's just this kind of like gung-ho, all-action uh, manner, which we're now going to have to get associated with or going to have to get used to when it comes to England. I think that uh, Stokes saw it as a, a chance to get on the front foot. Uh, but a look at the scorecard, I would tell you, with New Zealand 147 for two and 26 boundaries mm. scored today. So they're going at nearly a boundary and over. Um, look, it's all-action cricket. You know, it was all wickets at Lords. It's all runs today. But saying that, you know, New Zealand should be three down. Zach Crawley putting down a a chance that would have gone straight to the left of Joe Root. But that's the mantra of this England cricket team. And it's going to be interesting because, A, the mantra is you'd rather see a catch go down because a fielder has basically gone for somebody else's catch rather than both sit back and, and leave it. And it, that did not pay off today. Um, and then the other mantra is, is that you field every single uh, moment like it's your last moment. And Ollie Pope, earlier today, you know, yes, he, he turned a four into a three, saved a run. But for a guy that injured his shoulder so badly a couple of years ago, to see him going hurtling <laughs> over uh, the sponge and near on landing up, landing up in the advertising um, hoardings, OK, it's <laughs> makes my job easier. There's loads to talk about. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I know it was a win for England last time out, but that was a madcap innings from Ben Stokes. It could have gone either way. Um, yeah, OK, well, let's just see what's going on. But so certainly so far today, you'd have to say it was a wrong decision to bowl first. Yeah, here's my mantra. I think it's the old one, isn't it? <laughs> I can't take it seriously when you sound like that. But go yeah, I, I can't even speak. I couldn't speak. I can't anyway. speak. <laughs> Jared Kimber read the pitch better than England. That's what's frustrating Tell us, about Remind it. us what he said, Andy. He said the green patches are all in the wrong place. And he, I took one look at the pitch after I'd read it. He said that and he went, he's absolutely right. I mean, it's just, you know, you've just won a test match. You've got the momentum. Bat. You've won the toss. Bat. Score a lot of runs. 
put the other team under pressure. This way, you've got to bat last, and you're in trouble. And you take your spinner out the equation as well. Yeah, mm, yeah. So because Jack Leach is going to be bowling today, and possibly on day three, rather than on day two and day five, with with hopefully a bit of scoreboard pressure working his way. So yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I think it was. Uh, literally, Darren Goff came off air, and Goff, who knows what he's talking about, he's down there as well. He's reading the pitch. Michael Vaughan as well said there's a little bit of grass, but it is hard, it's rock hard underneath. Mm. So both, they've been around those two, both said it's a bat first pitch. So, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. And yeah, they got it wrong. Uh, uh, straight after the toss, John. Oh, it's going to be a wicket here. Eh? Oh, just dropped short of uh, Ben Stokes at leg gully. Mm. Uh, yeah, just uh, just after the toss when they spoke to both captains. Sorry, I'm not sure who's captaining Kiwis with Williamson missing. Latham. Right. D- did he say what he would have done when he was asked? I don't think he did. And right. actually, Gary Stead, the New Zealand coach, kind of intimated that it was a it was a bat first pitch. And mm. that some of the comments coming out of him, I found that a little strange because they've gone in with an all seam attack. They got an off spinner. Uh, a part-time off-spinner, Michael Bracewell, making his debut. But essentially, New Zealand, when they play at home, they, pr- they prepare these very green, uh, rich surfaces. They always bowl first. So I thought New Zealand were gearing themselves up to bowl first. And so this morning, I thought, whatever happens at the toss, you know, essentially, New Zealand, uh, uh, if, if, that's how, if that's how it's going, because the feeling was that Overton was going to play instead of uh, Jack Leach, uh, yesterday this is, you know, I thought it was going to be seam, seam attack and, uh, and both teams bowl first. You come to the ground today, England have got a spinner, you look at the track and you think, hmm, I think I'd rather have a bat. So yeah. I felt, well, whatever happens, England are going to be batting because England win the toss and they bat. New Zealand win the toss, they bowl. Here we are. New Zealand uh, lost the toss and they're batting and they're doing rather well. Mm. Some would say they picked the wrong over to, basically. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if you saw, I don't know if you want to talk about Middlesex, sorry guys. but I'd rather know, not. <laughs> Overton, <laughs> Overton was strengthened the batting because he can, he can bat extremely well and he bowls around 90 miles an hour. And, and this is, this is he's, he's a bit more scattergun than Craig. Craig will tie up and end a little bit more. But this is the problem England face. And you saw it at Lords as well. They won that test match, okay, but they really shouldn't have. Both teams essentially shouldn't have, shouldn't have won the test. But um, when the ball is nipping around, in Anderson, Broad, Stokes and Potts, you've got a team that's going to bowl at, take 10 wickets or 20 wickets. But once the sun comes out and it flattens out, then they need something extra or something different. We've been saying this for years. Jamie Overton, and I'm not sure he's quite ready yet, Jamie Overton would provide that little bit something extra. And that is what England need right now. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the job of Rob Key's new selectors that he's about to appoint by the Well, he's in the room next to me, so oh, okay. I'll go around and tap <laughs> him on the shoulder. <laughs> give him our him. best. We miss him. He can't have him on anymore. He has no, to be no. a lot more diplomatic. But anyway, give him our love. And uh, you can't go wrong in the in the Norman household because your missus is a Kiwi, so someone's going to be happy in the house, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I think she'd rather I was back home helping with the kids <laughs> a little bit more. You know? But I'll come back oh. after five days. I say, don't worry. New Zealand won an absolute thriller. Mm. And uh, she'll look at me and then I'll say, yeah. Okay, You'll be I'll back before five Yeah, I think you must. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll get your <laughs> well, ticket thing, Sunday. The thing is, guys, she has so little interest in cricket, I could probably get away with going back <laughs> in five days' time. Yeah. At Lord's, oh, for instance. What a game it was. Oh, oh <laughs> I went right to the final oh, delivery. She, she wouldn't bat an eyelid. Been she on the never, lash never Saturday know. evening. Cheers, John. Thanks a lot. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, it's time for a week of sport on TV. Seen through the eyes of the king of overnights. Oh, yes. Cannot walk the streets of Kuala Lumpur because he's <laughs> mobbed. Mobbed. <laughs> mobbed. Uh, it is, of course, uh, squad number nine, Martin Kellner. Good afternoon, Martin. Good afternoon to you, boys. Uh, just want to point out, you remember the week before last, or remember last week, I was on talking about the uh, Nadal-Djokovic uh, match yes. in, the, yes. in the French Open. I just want to point out, that wasn't me trying to get Sue Barker's gig. I think, Nothing yeah, to do yeah. with me at as all. We got you on as our tennis expert. I'm just wondering yes, whether... Yes, you did. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, I love the uh, fact that the uh, one of the people at the BBC described her as paying tribute said she's a national treasure. Think, well, why did you get rid of her then? On question well, no, of sport. She, well, That's no, the she made point. She decided. She decided. Yeah. Question of sport. She should never. Have oh right. Okay. Oh, question of sport. Big, yeah. yeah. Big she decided to leave this particular uh, role, didn't she? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I wonder if she's sort of feeling a bit of animus, rather like uh, Andy, mm. uh, now that she's gone from uh, question of sport. So that might yeah. be it, mindset. So, yeah. Uh, well, we, yeah, shame. We, she, I mean, she really is uh, associated with Wimbledon. She's always, um, you know, she's always great. And uh, and as they say, national treasure. I mean, she went Howie yeah. Cliff Richard. What more do you have to do? Yeah, <laughs> to get national treasure <laughs> status. Yes, we've seen we've seen a film, Martin, from the world of tennis. You're going to very much enjoy. We we're going to, we've uh, we've had a chat with John McEnroe, and uh, we're going to be playing that out when the film comes out. Ah, and uh, right. it's very good. It's uh, it's yeah, very from from the people that brought you the excellent cricket documentary, The Edge, but. Um, um, we'll play our chat with John a bit, a bit nearer the time of release, but I think it's one you'll want to chat about. Very, very oh, good. So Anyway, uh, we may come yeah. on. Well, I know you love your tennis, but I think you're going to start with golf, aren't you? Well, yeah. Some of the most uncomfortable press conferences you, you'd ever see. You know, they've been on, on Sky all week. Uh, and this is about the Live Golf uh, Tournament, which is mm. going on at the moment, obviously, uh, bankrolled by uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And I, 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 I mean, some of the questions they were asked, Phil Mickelson, uh, especially at these press conferences, conferences um very very uncomfortable you almost got to the level of um, mrs merton asking what first attracted you to the 225 million pound <laughs> golf tournament it's you know, true. Bo- bombshell news golf is is all about money um i mean phil Mickelson said at one point you know i've seen the good that uh, that golf can do um, which I'm sure is is uh, you know is a reasonably valid statement in some parts of the world, but then 
they're not using the same arguments as they did when um, uh, when the cricketers went during the apartheid era in South Africa, mm. where they said it was a way of bringing the you know it's one way of uniting the country if you like, bringing the country back together, and um, you know doing good through sport. They're, they're not saying that this time because. You can't really. You looking at human. They are rights. saying they're they're growing the game of golf. That has been a bit of a mantra. Not just yes. golf, the game of golf. Yes, they're mm. they're growing the game of golf. Mm. But um, one of the questions that Phil Nicholson was asked was, uh, "Are you?" He said, "You've apologised a few times," and Phil Nicholson sort of nodded to that. And then the uh, the reporter said, "Are you sorry? What are you apologising for? Are you sorry for the actions of Saudi Arabia or your own shameless hypocrisy in taking the money?" Wow. And I thought, "Wow, rightly loaded question. <laughs> it's a very loaded, very edgy question." And mostly, of course, uh, all of them are just not answering any questions. Yeah. Um, which I, I suppose you have to put them up for the press conference to plug the tournament. Otherwise, it'd be mm. pointless having the tournament. But very, very uncomfortable press yeah absolutely now you've been watching some vitality blast cricket martin yes i did mention last week that i enjoy the tennis because there are so many opportunities for irresponsible gambling um the vitality blast the please T20... don't do that uh, <laughs> listeners don't listen to no, uncle martin don't, no, don't he, do it, he doesn't really do that he's very responsible with it of course i do well I, I, not very know, good at it but he's very responsible with it precisely yeah. responsible that's absolutely but this is i mean this is so wacky um it was lancashire versus yorkshire i'm a, a lancastrian so um i was obviously behind lancashire and I thought at the point that I put a, a small bet on, I you know hesitate. It was only a small bet. By the at the time I put a small bet on, uh, Yorkshire were one to two, mm. and Lancashire was seven to four mm. uh, against you know in, in a two horse race I suppose primarily, and uh, Corky. You have to call him Corky, obviously, because it's cricket. Dominic yeah. Corky, um, yeah. yeah, Corky. Corky <laughs> seemed to think it was fairly, you know, it was a fairly even contest. Mm. So obviously, I put uh, somebody on Lancashire at seven to four mm. um, because they were the outsiders. It's also my county. Within seconds, it was beginning to look like the worst bet I'd ever made in my life. <laughs> the next over, and that's the thing about T Twenty, isn't it? How many changes within an over? Mm. And the next over, uh, Yorkshire scored uh, a six and two fours and a couple of two i mean they, they they racked up the runs just within the space of one over and the odds changed to uh, one to 16 yorkshire oh. and lancashire who i'd backed at seven to four were nine to one oh. and i thought this is uh this yeah, is the cricket yeah it's a brilliant no, brilliant game i thought it was it? a brilliant game of cricket yeah. i was it too was, worried about your betting my new shy of your bet <laughs> i was about to get on to the fact okay what a fantastic game it was but it really what it really was a great game so enjoyable game. and obviously down to the last ball mm. and i was on tenterhooks you know because initially it looked like that, that last ball might have been a six for uh, for yorkshire but anyway lancashire won and um you know i went home well i was already home but i, uh, <laughs> I, I you stayed I was, home happy i stayed home happy yeah. so that was great i well, mean that's what we're all delighted for it's always great to hear about someone else when they've won money isn't it <laughs> yeah. always gives me a little special you. Yeah. did you see any of the state of origin game some of the best rugby league oh, and I didn't, but it always seen. it always is unbelievable mm. i mean we tried to sort of 
uh, copy that over here with county matches. Yeah. They don't do it anymore. But you would think, you know, a Lancashire-Yorkshire match is such a great match at cricket. You'd think that would be um, a natural for uh, rugby league. But it sort of went out of... It was a big, big match, the, you know, the county match in mm. the probably 80s. Uh, no more recent than that. Um, but yeah, State of Origin is fantastic. But I didn't see it this mm. week, I'm afraid. Now, we've got a basketball movie on Netflix. It's uh, It's been described as Adam Sandler's love letter to basketball. It's called yeah. Hustle, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, very much so. It's um, Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah. Mm. So I thought, well, you're not going to look for this one for subtle comedy <laughs> uh, with, with those two in it. But um, it's co-produced by LeBron James. Mm. Um, Adam Sandler... Very good in it, actually. I think his recent films, not his, some of his Netflix stuff's been a, abysmal, absolutely mm. dire, but uh, the Meyerowitz <laughs> stories, which is a good movie, you know, a cinema movie, and Uncut Gems was quite a good streaming movie. Mm. Um, he played, I, I was a little bit confused by this as to how much was true and how much wasn't true. Like I said, LeBron James has co-produced it. Uh, it's about uh, Adam Sanders playing the uh, coach to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. But by and he's a scout. To stay. He wants to stay home and coach the team, but he's a very good scout. They send him out. He discovers a player in uh, Mallorca. Uh, of all places, so it's a nice place to film and uh, yeah. probably you know get some sort of money out of the Spanish film. Spanish government, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spanish film board and all that. Let's not, that's not really basically cynical. Let's not break the old fourth wall and all that. It's not no, a good idea, no. is it? Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, so he spots this uh, this amazing player in mm. uh, Mallorca. Um, the coach is played by the brilliant uh, Robert Duval. Rex Merrick is the coach, and I oh. don't know whether he was the real coach. Uh, difficult to find out how much of it is true. Okay. But, you know, the problem is it's a real team. It's the Philadelphia 76ers mm. uh, who are a real team. You know, and when you see a, a fictional or a fictionalised movie about a real team, do you know what I mean? You, you're yeah. more comfortable if they're called, you know, Fulchester United or Melchester <laughs> Rovers or yeah. something, rather than the Philadelphia 76ers. So I don't know how much of it is true, but if you love ba if you love basketball, you will you will love it. It's, it's not, I'm just reading about it, it's not based on a singular experience, apparently. Right, it's kind that. of, it's an amalgam of the yeah. sort of stuff that happens in the game of basketball. They've obviously been allowed to use the... The, the name of the real team, as you say. So, and yeah. just very quickly, Martin, um, I didn't know about making their mark. It's on Amazon Prime, but it's it's a kind of um, behind the scenes, all or nothing, but set in the world of Aussie rules. Is that right? It is indeed. It's during um, during COVID, uh, an unprecedented journey, they say, into the inner sanctum of Australia's greatest sport. Mm. And I know the people who like Aussie rules. They do think it's that there's nothing like uh, Aussie rules. Uh, if you if you enjoy strong language, and well, you who enjoy, doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Let's be honest. You know, I like nothing better than come home after a day at work and, and watch an, an, an evening of strong language. Really. There's a heck of there's a lot of it in there. Yeah, um, it's a lot of, sort of coaches shouting at players and things. Um, but the so the, the main story is a guy called Eddie Betts who played for Adelaide. He started at the Carlton, Carlton Blues, mm. who are a bit of a sort of Manchester United of Aussie rules in that they did win lots and lots of, um, well, they call it the pennant, don't they? They won lots and lots of championships and then haven't won a championship for, for 24 years. Mm -hmm. So um, it's one of those sort of stories. Is it stories. good? Is it, I mean, do, yeah, you, need to, do well, you need to have a... I mean, I like watching Aussie rules. I, I yeah, don't have a good working knowledge yeah, of the game now. Game. So do you need to know the personalities involved for it to... 
to, to no I don't think so I mean this just the main this guy Eddie Betts who went to play at Adelaide for for six years now he's back uh, and it's COVID so there's all that teams are sponsored by Hungry Jacks oh, nice. um, which is a, a I think it's an offshoot of Burger King I don't know why they call it Hungry Jacks in Australia I'll ask Max Rushton um, yeah, he's probably, he's probably got, he, he, a, he's probably got he, a, Max, a black card from Hungry Jacks hasn't he really he yeah. probably will he has, yeah. he has Max because we, we, we've had a bit of a debate about Hungry Jacks I think on the uh, on the overnight show oh okay well look with you, maybe Max maybe it's, I mean Max is on very funny hours at the moment he yeah. and this in the middle of the afternoon you could probably call him at three o'clock and he'll be awake <laughs> he'll come on so if if you need chapter and verse, we'll put it to him. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, um, there's plenty of sport on the TV this weekend, but you may want to just take a break oh, yeah. and watch something non-sporting, which is where our next guest comes in. Uh, Brighton Hove Albion supporting uh, TV uh, columnist for the Star. It's Mike Ward. Hi, Mike. Afternoon, guys. Lovely to talk to you again. Yeah, uh, it's been a while. Time, we have to have yeah. um, a Brighton Corner. Seagulls yes. Corner. Um, yeah. If you could only lose one player this summer, <laughs> which you normally do, who's it going to be? Is Glenn Murray gone? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, well, it depends whether you're just, you just you want maximum revenue or you're just thinking, well, we could do without that person. It's a regular. Yeah, I mean, Basuma's the one that you could probably Basuma. replace because of Moepu, yeah. but, but there's a lot of noise about Cucurella, isn't there? Who's, yes, who's, there is. Yeah. And, um, oh, what's the other guy? <laughs> he says helpfully insight here um I, I would actually say i would actually say basuma bizarrely yeah yeah i actually think so because i think because almost psychologically we've been we've been gather gearing up for that for such a long time yeah that we could just sort of say oh, this is you know this is plan a kicking in now so yeah, yeah. no it's, i think that's yeah. fair enough i think most i'm sure brian fans would probably agree with that anyway it's a new panel they rarely show agree to... with anything yeah. i say so probably not <laughs> new comedy panel show where yeah. uh, you get a tour of a house and have to guess who lives there this yeah. does sound a bit familiar through the, key, through the keyhole it, it, it has actually been on before but this is sort of they tweet the format this is called this is my house mm. it's bbc one tonight half past eight stacy dooley presented um the first series uh, she's not she's got other stuff to do right. more important i'm sure so uh, it, this time it's richard and judy but not that it is that richard but it's not that judy it's oh, richard okay. madeley and judy love oh. who are the sort of regulars in a slightly tweaked format judy love has been on fine form on taskmaster she's, she's, good. Good. she's been very good yeah, yeah. yeah. she's really good yeah. she's the sole survivor from the first series of this and the basic mm. idea is that yes you get a tour of a house a film tour of a house but there's it's a member of the public's house four people each claim to be that person who owns it, it, it to the point of actually being give, taking the name. So they're punters, not celebs. Yeah, they're not celebs. Okay. Yeah, they ha- I think they have done a celebrity version. Mm. Uh, so you have a uh, you have a, uh, a, a, a beauty pa- an ex beauty pageant uh, competitor called Joey, for example, in the first one from in Wales. And so four women claiming to be that person, they have to sort of sit there and and, and sort of you know exchange catty remarks about it not being my house and it sounds ridiculous and i'm not selling it very well but basically it's sort of addictive it's only half an hour Uh, they've cut it down from 60 minutes for the first series i quite like the idea of getting these things over with quite quickly harry hill is one of the harry hill is a regular he's going to be regular not every week Mm. but he's sort of semi-regular and joel domit is going to be another one who's on it and various other names lined up so you've got the two regulars you've got you've got richard and and, and judy and you've got a couple of guest panelists Mm. each week and they sit on a 
sofa and they chat in a slightly goggle boxy style as they watch this film and they work out which of the people oh. and it all gets quite sort of silly but as I say it's over quite quickly you don't have to feel that you're wasting your life watching it and it is kind of <laughs> what a recommendation yeah. well that's telly isn't it really yeah and it's, it's kind of it's kind of dig too deep yes yeah. exactly yeah and it's kind of strange did it you'll hate you may well hate yourself for, for, for liking it <laughs> uh, avoidance at 9 30 yes. that's I'm not something I suggest you do to this sitcom because it's no. Ramesh Ranganathan a new sitcom that he's co-written co-written and stars in it's it's very good a little bit of Brighton in this one actually these are scenes shot in Brighton Pier oh. Oh, I called it Brighton Pier I'm so sorry Palace Pier um, <laughs> sorry it's a very it's a really terrible faux pas but anyway that's is beside it, the point yeah not gosh. saying Knott's Forest I guess. no I guess. Palace Pier in Brighton is famously called the Palace Pier but when it was bought previously they somebody called it Brighton Pier to appear to all the tourists and of course funny it's the only thing in Brighton that we'd rather call Palace bizarrely <laughs> of course <laughs> very point. very weird anyway I'm going off on a tangent this is a great sitcom he plays a guy whose relationship is breaking up he can't face up to the fact of it they have a nine-year-old son the nine-year-old son has no idea his parents are going to going to break up and so as a, a sort of desperate dad he goes to desperate lengths to avoid mm. dealing with what's about to happen well. uh, if i explain any more i'll spoil it but it's good fun well um it's the british soap of this so that's 9 30 uh, tomorrow the british soap awards live yes which is quite high that's, risk oh, 8 p.m risky, yeah. tomorrow night because i've i didn't go to the soap awards but i went to i can't remember rts awards or something when we were doing burp and there was a lot of the soap stars Ooh. were there and they like a drink when they have a night out they yeah. like a drink and one of the great dames of uh, soap uh, sort of descended the stairs uh, in, it swept into this ballroom where the awards were putting on the posh accent good, yeah. good evening good evening <laughs> and then I saw her about three four hours later staggering into a cab absolutely yeah. blind drunk <laughs> it's, it's not quite the same as the Brit Awards in the days of Chumbawamba throwing water over John Prescott or, or whatever mm. it was but yeah obviously live has always got a bit of an edge to it yeah. uh, Philip Schofield uh, live from the Hackney Empire celebrating I, to, be, to be honest uh, I used to write about soaps every week I haven't written soap, about soaps for ages got, got no idea who these people yeah, but, are but I love the fact that New categories. New categories include best family. What is a best family? A soap family. In a soap. I mean, they're all so... I'm going for the Ogdens this year. It's going to be the Ogdens. <laughs> they're all so Prince Charles and Camillo visiting East Ed. Oh, good is that oh, yeah. I never normally... Don't... What can I do? I'm struggling here. You did a hell The dying really. seconds of Andy... Uh... Kabibba. Yeah, yeah. Kabibba. Kabibba. What um, was you so, saying, Andy? I'm not even going to speak now. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. it's probably just as well. Uh, and on yes. a more serious note, um, this is on Sunday. Our yeah. Falklands War, a frontline yes. story, BBC Two, 9pm. Yeah, obviously it's 40 years uh, since the Falklands War, um, May 1982. This is hearing from guys who, with first-hand experiences, they fought there and they experienced some of the most extreme you know, ex examples of what went on. Talking about the Battle of Goose Green, in particular the, the, the attack on the uh, cigar they had and it's really just hearing first sound accounts with perspective in a way that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily get if you're just getting the standard you know conventional war reporting these are guys who've been through it and you know bear the scars literally uh, physically and mentally the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast well there we are that was this afternoon show we'll do it all again on Monday yeah, hopefully I shall be clear by you'll Monday. Be, yeah, you'll be sounding fantastic by then, almost certainly. So, um, do hope you can join us. A have, a great, have a great weekend. Uh, and uh, the podcast, if you can't join us on Monday from 1, will be available, as always, around 4. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tools. Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.